welcome to the Beer Hop Podcast. E to the E to the E to the R to the H to the O to the P. P to the O to the D to the C to the A to the S to the T. Beer Hop Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Beer Hop Podcast, where the beer is fresh, but the conversation is fresher. Yes. As always, I'm joined by the beautiful Beer Hop team. We've got John Janak, the world's only professional poop thrower. you got to <laughs> tell me the story there. I don't know. Uh, I just I realized I was really good at it, so I went pro and uh, never looked back. No, definitely never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Josh Delosier, the world's <laughs> softest hands. Josh, please, please hold my hand, man. Yes, I'm a hand model. Did you not know this about me? I did not know. Yeah. Unlike George Costanza, hand model extraordinaire. You'd never be a a poop thrower with those hands. No, I would not. You're right. (laughs) And I'm John Knight, your humble podcast expert. On this episode, we're hanging out with Ross Harper. He is the owner and founder of Angry Scotsman Brewing. Ross, man, what's up? What's going on, guys? Dude, glad to have you on, man. It's it's good to be here. Welcome to the pod. Yeah, dude. This is it. This is Look this, around you, literally, take it all in. This is it. This yeah, is the pinnacle is of your career. I'm sorry. The pinnacle. <laughs> the pinnacle starts now. Ross, I got to ask, man, are you an angry Scotsman? Depends what day you catch me on. Um, <laughs> I think there's a lot of fun with that name because more often than not, folks are like, but, but you're not angry. Because you know, yeah. more often than not, if you do find me behind the bar or in a tent at a festival, I've usually got a big cheesy shit you can just because uh, I, I love what I do you're yeah. a jolly Scotsman I don't know my patience with people these days I don't know <laughs> if it's the pandemic if it's the fact that I don't get any sleep because I got a three year old at home it's like just don't piss me off these you're days more of an angry <laughs> do not piss off Rod Harper just be like you don't want to see you don't want to see the angry Scotsman yeah come out is that is that Ross's twin brother that's his, that's his nickname oh yeah Rod <laughs> <laughs> for me, Rod. Rowdy, yeah. Rowdy. Yeah. Oh yeah, like from Roddy Piper. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice dude. That's, Love that's Roddy good. Yeah. Uh, you're you're gonna have peace. to play your cards right <laughs> if you want to see the Rod. Oh. <laughs> well, you are teaching your daughter this beautiful Scottish accent, right? I'm trying. <laughs> It's, it's she, she, she's come out with one or two humdingers. I, I wish I could think of one right off, right off the bat. Right. She's like, would like, you prefer her to have a Scottish accent? God, it's so cool. Come on. You could I be mean, like James. Ross, you could be James Bond, dude. You're the closest thing to James Bond we've had on the pod. Yeah, that's true. You know? Wow. You're stud, man. Set the bar kind of low then. But, uh, <laughs> I we've only had 14 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I've known you for a little while, man. I'm so pumped to have you on. Uh, I don't know, for, like, for people listening, like, what made you get into brewing? Like, What made you open a brewery? All that good stuff. Mm-hmm. It all goes back to when, when I first moved to Oklahoma. It would be 2005. You know, I'd, I'd spent four years living in, in Florida before that. Okay. Miami. If you think moving from Glasgow to Miami is a culture shock, <laughs> you should try getting used to living in Miami and then moving to Stillwater. Why the <laughs> hell did you move from Florida to Oklahoma? Uh, Man. It, it seemed like a good... No, it, it, did, it was a good idea at you the time. Glasgow, Miami, Stillwater? Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, um, I had expected to move back to the UK after yeah. grad school. Okay, um, I had a job lined up in London with 
effectively the Ministry of Defense. We have ministries, not departments, because yeah. they sound fancier that way. They get, but, to, they get to do magic there, right? I think so. I yeah. think so, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Only in the really old buildings, okay. uh, <laughs> if you can find a good wand. I realized if, if I moved back to London, I was going to be a civil servant, government salary, living in London, most expensive <laughs> fucking city in the world after yeah. Hong Kong or whatever. I was like, you know, I, I was living in a house in Miami with a pool in the backyard yeah. as a grad student. Wow. And so right around the same time, I happened to cross paths actually in London at a conference at that ministry. I crossed paths with the CEO, founder, whatever, of a tech startup in Stillwater, um, worked in the defense industry, which was right in line with what I was doing. My whole PhD background was trying to put science behind detection dogs. So oh, cool. you know, how, how dogs find explosives or drugs or, yeah. or cadavers or whatever Whoa. else. It was like, it's all to do with, um, this has got nothing to do with beer. This it's, is it's good. Kind of fun. We like um, this. It's, it was seen as an art back then. And so the dogs were used by the police to get you the probable cause. Yeah. Because you know, if you get pulled over and a cop says, I want to look in your trunk, you have the right to say no. And they can over, overrule that if they have probable cause right. that they think there's something in the trunk that they, they need to find. So like if they see a crack pipe in the back seat or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, if the dog walks around the car, that is a non-invasive search. But if huh. a dog then yeah. alerts to the back of the car and says, hey, something smells really good in the back here, mm -hmm. uh, that's probable cause to open the trunk. And so what was happening is smart lawyers back in the day were, were basically saying, yeah, your dog might have sat by my client's trunk. And yes, you might have found 10 kilos of, of cocaine back there. But the day before, my client was at a barbecue festival and he had 30 pounds of brisket. Yeah. So the dog was just alerted to the brisket. Oh, nice. Oh. And they were introducing enough reasonable doubt that you could get the dog evidence thrown out. You lose your probable cause. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it's a speeding ticket. Oh, those poor dogs, man. So what I was doing was working on the science behind all that to try to make it more scientific. So it could be, you right. could say, look, we've proven that the dogs don't get they excited don't. by brisket or sausage yeah. or whatever. So this was my whole background, how olfaction, how mm -hmm. dogs find this stuff. And this was a defense contractor trying to build electronic sensors to do explosives detection and chemical Holy weapons cow. detection. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they, they, we got talking and it was really cool work that they were doing. Mm -hmm. So that was back in 05 and I moved to Stillwater. Wow. And I spent the next 15 years working for that company. Do you ever um, just kind of dabble back and just be like, what's going on with all my all that research? Like, um, where, where I, are you at now? The, I, st the I still talk to them. Later. Yeah, 18 I, years I, later, have they made some headway? And Yeah, I've still got a lot of friends uh, in the industry. They work for various, you know, they either work for universities or the private sector or various three-letter government agencies, mm -hmm. you know. Does the experience that you had with olfactory training play it all into beer? That's a good question I was going to ask. Mm. I was going to make that connection. The aroma is everything. I mean, John's sitting next to right here drinking a Hellfire. First plug of the night. For awesome, by the way. What is a Hellfire, by Hellfire the way? Hellfire is one of our... If I did hype beers, it would be the closest thing I did to a hype beer. Um, yeah. It's our gateway to hell is year-round German lager, um, but it's infused with a metric fuckton 
of, of fire roasted hot <laughs> chilies. Fusion. Hell yes. The and infusion. That the metric fuck ton of hotness. From what I understand, is what makes it. That's one, actually one MFT. Yeah, one MFT. <laughs> that's actually fire. a uh, scientific measurement, right? It is. It's, yeah. There, there, there's a small. 200-year-old building in Switzerland somewhere that holds the original metric fuckton. <laughs> Wait, is this for real? <laughs> no? Actually, if it's 200 years old, that would be the imperial fuckton. Oh, that's right. There you it is. You have to multiply it by 2.23 or something. trumps everything. <laughs> the, heaviest, the heaviest imaginable is a fuckton. Mm, I right? like this. There's a lot of people who are probably listening that don't know what a hellas is. So, what the hell is, is it? What the hell is, is it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nice. so hell is, is the German word for light. Mm. Tell us about hell is. So, <laughs> ba <ba-dum. laughs> Yeah, so hell is, is just the German word for light. Okay. So, I, in, you know, you've got a Dunkel's lager and a hell is lager. You've got a dark lager and a light lager. Mm. So, a hell is lager is effectively just German light lager. Yeah, exactly. of course, yep. their definition of a light lager has a whole lot more flavor than American light lager. But nonetheless, right. they're, they're, yes. they're saying less to do with body and rice and corn adjuncts and more to do with color, light malts versus darker malts. Okay. So it's a, it's a very traditional classic style. It's straw golden color. It's got, you know, hints of, of, of you know, graham cracker, uh-huh. you know, Barley, just it's, yeah. it's quite malt forward for lager. Mm-hmm. There's enough hops to balance it, but it's not bitter. It's not overly hoppy. I mean, and we're not talking IPA or anything. Right. We're not even close. It's it's just a very balanced, easy drinking lager. We it used to be the lightest thing we made. We called it Gateway to Hellas for a reason because it was going to be our it, it was our yeah. gateway drug. Yeah, as, as we looked at it, um, gateway beer. For the longest time, when I was home brewing, I would sometimes do a you know, a side project with, with some of my Hellas batch and do, you know, it was a combination of poblanos and serranos and jalapenos back then, just whatever I felt like doing. Yeah, and I would cool. roast them at home. Yeah. That was the homebrew recipe. Fast forward to commercial production. There's no way in hell I'm... <laughs> no way in Hellas. No way in Hellas. Yeah. I'm, one, obtaining that quantity of poblanos and serranos and right. whatever else, let alone roasting them at home or roasting them on a grill at the brewery or whatever. Um, too many scovels. Well, for one, you know, too spicy, too many scovels, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we got the idea a few years ago about doing it with hatch chilies, which makes it seasonal now. Oh, yeah. Um, but we work with uh, Riziki Farms up in Jones. Plug for... Uh, shout, shout out. out Riziki shout Riziki out for Michael Riziki up that way. That's cool. Good man. There's a lot of really good uh, community, uh, CSA farming. Yeah, he, he makes a... A pilgrimage to New Mexico every summer. Nice. So pre-order. This year, I think we ordered about 280 pounds of hatch chilies from him. Oh, wow. Um, and then went out one morning, set up the roaster, and just cranked through sack after sack <laughs> after sack of hatch chilies. Take them home, blitz them, or home. Home to the brewery. It feels like home. Live there. Um, <laughs> blitz them up, throw them in the tank, and uh, what you get is this wonderful, smoky... Mm-hmm. green chili aroma um, the flavor you get that flavor again of the the smoke and the f- the blackening on the chili and so forth yeah um, you get a little bit of heat but I mean this is not a jalapeno beer mm-hmm. this is not a habanero beer Excellent. I gotta say Ross like uh, first of all 
Um, I'm a big fan of this style of beer. Um, so I love this beer, but I just got back from New Mexico. We went to several breweries. We had, uh, we had many beers at the cabin. And uh, whenever I go to New Mexico, especially during the summer, this is what I seek out. Oh, yeah. And I got to say, man, this is better than most of all the ones I had there. Talk and I know, I know it changes every year, right? It does because you, you never chilies, really know. The peppers change. The exactly. Crops, right? it, it's did we get hot chilies or did yeah. we get mild chilies? I mean, mm-hmm. a, a hats chili can be anywhere from poblano mild mm-hmm. all the way up to, to jalapeno. Spicy. Oh wow! Um, the first year we did it with with the hats chilies, you know, I was working on the theory that oh yeah, they're like poblanos, yeah. and I know the ratio <laughs> when I home brewed. Of Poblano to, to jalapeno, I did. So we threw in a sack of jalapenos too, thinking, let's get that balance. Oh, shit. That thing was thermonuclear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thermonuclear. I mean, there, there were people out there who said it was the best batch we ever did. Um, I would cut it four to one with regular hellas, and I still couldn't drink it. <laughs> <laughs> it, made a gr- it made a great michelada. Oh, but yeah. again, oh, it was oh, still yeah. tomato sauce cuts. Yeah. Hot as hellas. I remember the, the launch weekend of that one, I thought, Nobody's going to drink this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People were losing the shit over it. So the next year, we thought, well, we'll, we'll skip the hatch. Well, we'll skip the, the jalapenos and yeah. just go hatch. And I was much happier with the result. This year, we stuck with just the hatch. I think this year, we probably got slightly milder yet. There, there's going to be people out there who are like, oh, it's not spicy enough. Well, and yeah. You, like, I, you, I get that. You can win some, lose some with the, with the crowd, right? Right. Well, with Everyone's going to have a different opinion. In your Scottish heritage, like, what is like... Uh, like in Glasgow, like what it, what kind of like spicy? Is there any spicy food over there? Indian. Like do you guys, you guys mess with the pepper. Oh, it's Indian. food? It's Indian food. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was um, like, do you guys mess yeah. with the peppers and stuff? And yeah, I mean, different regions have their their strengths, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. know, and yeah, I'm gonna I go think to Glasgow. It's a fun city. Yeah. Oh my God, John, have you, you would ever love done it. a Highland Games festival? I mean, I've been to several. I've never competed in one the full way through i used to do every summer tell me what this is because I, I don't know what this is a highland game i want well i don't want to say it wrong but i used to go run the kilted mile every summer it was awesome did you wear a kilt i did okay I wear a kilt so were my the marines have a special tartan honorary tartan um so my dad was a marine so i would wear the marine tartan but that's cool my my grand my grandpa on my mom's side were the clan russell and so i have like a russell uh, kilt as well nice yeah so but, t- explain what the the uh so the highland games festival they have all kinds of cool it's a scottish festival it's really awesome they have all these events from like is this like OG the olympics almost it's, it's like, like, it's it's like log throwing yeah, competition so, i mean it's, it's the classic caber toss is the one you yeah. see yeah. Where yeah. you're running down with you throw a log try log, to hit 12 o'clock telegraph pull whatever you want and the the real challenge with with caber tossing is you've got to get it to flip. Yeah, you've got to get it's got so, to flip at so, a. So you're holding one end, and when you throw it, the top end basically has to land, and then right. the, the bit that you were holding has to complete the fall forward. Yeah. So you've got to get it to do a complete yeah. flip. It's a distance challenge, yeah. like javelin or shot put or anything. Okay. Else, because you're being judged by where the end yeah. that right. you're holding. And they also had the one where you throw you throw like a bale of hay with a. Like, pitchfork. Yeah. yeah, and there were several like a uh, hammer throw, and there's some other events, mm. and then they have like the it's dance. Cool. They had the dancing, yeah. um, then they had the march of the penguins, Tartans, where the like massive parade to open the festival. <laughs> yes, the penguins, Josh. 
<laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> a bunch of Scot- there's a bunch of Scottish penguins that walk around, and it's a parade of them. Yes. So how long cool how long is, is this tradition of this competition? Like, I think there's how far does it go country. back? I would go to this Grandfather Mountain one in North Carolina. There's uh, there's one here. It's a pretty big. There's, there's several here. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's yeah. one in Choctaw coming up. That's the Highland Gathering in I want to say it's the middle of October. Okay. Yep. So that's being hosted by the United Scottish Clans of Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, shout out for USCO. Yep. Do you ever get involved in these as a brewery? Yeah, they. They're basically, it's basically our beer is going to be cool. in the tent at that one. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, we've done the Sterling Classic out in Yukon before. It was really fun uh, last year when I went out. It was the first time we did the Sterling Classic. And you've got the big Guinness reefer truck. Mm-hmm. And it's the Guinness logos and the Guinness taps and the harp and Strongbow right, Cider and all, all those right, brands. Yeah. And then it was the Scotsman Handles. That's and so cool. then, because it was it was being supported through capital distributing, yeah, we were with. And so then you went to the main field where they're doing the hammer throws yeah. and they're tossing the cavers and so forth. And you look round the uh, the fence line, keep you know, and it's the Guinness logo, and then the Scotsman logo, and then oh, the Guinness logo, yes. and then the Angry Scotsman logo. <laughs> and I was like, "That's awesome! That's man. badass! That's really cool! You know? Yeah, um, to get a to get a photograph of somebody in a kilt tossing the caber." Yeah, with the angry Scotsman logo, just yeah. bokeh blurred slightly out in the background, and yeah. like it's very badass. There we go. We're you know we we've arrived. That's um, super cool, man. You've got Scott Fest in Tulsa as well, which yeah. is one of the big mm, ones. That's a yeah. big one, um, regionally white. Yeah, we're talking yeah. we're talking with them too. Love Ross, that. I gotta I gotta ask. Separate from beer, um, my favorite spirit is uh, Scotch, and more specifically single malt Scotch, and even more specifically Isla. So like. I gotta ask you, like, uh, are you a Scotch fan? I'm right with you on, on, yeah. the, on the Isle of Malts. Um, oh, yes. There's either five or s- I think it's five regions of recognized Scotch. Yeah. You know, Highland, Speyside, you know, Islay is one. Um, Islay is by far the peatiest one. And then within Islay, it goes from kind of PT to did I really just lick some fresh bitumen off the road? <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, I love Laphroaig. Uh-huh. I love yeah. Lagavulin. Yep. Um, Laphroaig is described by Laphroaig as an acquired taste for, for seasoned Scotch They drinkers. actually describe it that way? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, for people who don't yeah. know what the words that you just said, because like me, what is space side? So space side is a region in Scotland. Okay. So if you, you know, closest to outer space. <laughs> Spay, S P E Y. Oh, um, space as in the river. Space side. Oh, that's John. Sorry. The it's the so the 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 phenols bring the earthiness and a kind of tariness to them so you if you have like a like a space side malt or a outer space malt for john <laughs> um they are light they are fruity yep they are there's less peat character they're okay. in there yeah i'm not gonna say they're beginner whiskeys because that is a disrespect to space side sure some really yep. good whiskeys in space side but when you move to islay to the islands so islay is one of the the Hebrides off the west coast of, of mm-hmm. Scotland. Mm-hmm. There's no trees on the islands. Whoa. Because they are basically the Atlantic facing islands. Okay. Um, there's peat 
And so the only fuel that you have over there to burn is peat. And that's what gives that real characteristic just... Absolutely. I know, like, Shelly... Uh, and I, 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 don't, I don't use this word because I don't think it's a very... Uh, it's not a very good characteristic of the, of the whiskey itself. Uh, but she calls it campfire. Yeah. That's what she says when well, I'm drinking it. Okay. She's like, it smells like yeah. a campfire. Yeah. And it really... It, 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 there's a lot of truth to that. But I, I think that's a... I think that's kind of a... In some ways, a negative connotation or at least a... Uh, Why? Yeah. Well, I just think I think it's a put. I think it's a put off for a lot of people. So if you're a campfire, campfire. you're probably not likely to try it. Oh, I campfire is like well, people or maybe like you camp- are. I don't know. Like campfires, yeah, brings people together. Um, when you're wrapping up grad school, when you're finishing yeah. PhD, defending whatever else, it's like seven days a week, all day. Right. You know, just work, 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 work. Yep. Right. I moved to Stillwater. <laughs> Suddenly, I've got weekends off, and I got a paycheck. I'm like. I bling, need, bling. It's like I need something to do. Yeah. Also, beer laws in Florida versus beer laws in Oklahoma back in 2005. Okay. Payne County, 2005, which was a 3-2 county oh, 100%. on Sundays. Yep. Um, it was like I rapidly came to this conclusion of if I'm going to have semi-decent beer again, I'm going to have to make it myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Plus, you know, I, I had a roommate in Miami who homebrewed a little bit, so okay. I knew it was possible. Nice. But he, you know, he, he would, like, homebrew in the house that we had in Stillwater. Yeah. And, like, I'd come home from the lab, and he'd be there more or less, just like pint glass. He's like, it's ready! <laughs> like, Let's see what we got. Uh, I yeah. want this to happen when I come to Mint. I, I want John, the John party to be like, here you go. Welcome, welcome. You know, we did buy a uh, red carpet that we will start rolling out. We just we we just got it, or we just ordered it. So I don't be, fucking care here. about a red carpet. I want a beer in my hand. Oh, we well, have a whole what, fridge. What else do you want, we have Josh? a vending machine and refrigerator full of beers for you. Just, wanna, man. I'm just, gonna get a swing, and is, so I'll be on my swing pouring your beer. Is your big soft hand capable of holding a whole beer? <laughs> we have a Scott. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna slip, baby. It's gonna slip right determined. out. TBD. <laughs> we got a skylight in here. I gotta say, man, I think that's super cool. That like, like in my head, the fact that you start that the reason you started brewing beer, um, correct me if I'm wrong, was because you didn't have any good options, and you're like, well, I better do it myself. I needed a hobby, and I was like, yeah. I, "That's I, so good. Yeah. It's good stuff." Yeah, That's and awesome, so I, I had bounced the idea around, and then on a whim, one Saturday, I was down in the city, and I swung by the brew shop. Yeah, and you know, Gail, shout Gail, out Gail, shout out to Gail who runs an awesome brew shop. Gail. Back in the day, Chuck was still running it. I think I probably spent two hours in there just shooting the shit with him that first nice. day. Sold me everything I needed. Didn't sell me anything I didn't need, and yeah, I think that speaks so. that speaks volumes for the the same culture in the brew store today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I still go to the brew store when I need ingredients for some of the pilot stuff we do. Cool, yeah. because it's the it's the best easiest and best place to, to get it from. I brewed extract for the longest time, so getting technical, you can brew extract or all grain. Professionally, it's all grain. Right. Just okay. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. But extract is basically. The shortcut for for the home brewer. That's like the cake mix in a box mm-hmm. mindset. Okay. Is somebody else has malted the grain, has has milled the grain, blended the grain, malted the grain, sparged the grain, and run it off to get you that sweet sugar wart that goes in the kettle, 
and then condensed it either into a syrup or into a dry powder. Yeah. So then it's literally add water, reconstitute, and boil. So it chops the whole first half of a brew day off. Nice. So you can extract brew on a stovetop in your kitchen. And you can go one further. You can do a concentrated brew. You can put two two gallons into, you know, with syrup into the into your, your stovetop pot, you know, boil that, chill it, and then put it into your fermenter and top it off with three gallons of sterile water. Wow. I mean, this is so awesome. That's really that, cool. That, that, that is how I started. I started making beer on the stovetop of my rented townhome in Stillwater. I didn't have a, hmm. you know, I didn't have a garage. I didn't yeah. have a backyard. Yeah. I had a townhome. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, from there, you go full batch. And then finally, I mean, it, it took me a couple of years I caught wind of a new homebrew club that was starting up, and they were having a meeting in Guthrie, of all places. Okay. And it was in this little coffee-slash-chocolatier shop in Guthrie, and, you know, they were coming really far north. I thought, well, that's, that's easy for me to hit to. So it was like the second or third meeting of the Red Earth Brewers. Red Earth Brewers! And I took some beers with me and just figured I would hang out. Yeah. I remember... Sitting at this table with this scrawny little kid <laughs> and his wife, who talked about how they had brewed the same wort with two different yeasts out of an experiment. Okay. That's a shout out to Brandon Jones yeah, and Julie Bennett. Two of my two of my uh, closest friends now. That's great. Um, but met them through the club. Um, then there was this <laughs> long-haired dude, looked like beer Jesus, had a killer American stout. That was Tony Ciele back in oh, the day. Oh, nice. Mr. Roughtail. So That's cool, that man. is how I got in to getting to know the Oklahoma City beer scene. It's through the Red Earth yeah. Brewers, through yeah. starting the homebrew in Stillwater. And my best friends to this day, Yep. And Tony, Brandon, Julie, and it all comes back to Red Earth. It all comes back to brewing. Hats off to you, man. I've known you before. I, I remember these stories you were just telling me about, and I think like this sort of theme in this podcast so far, or at least for the most part, has been Red Earth. Mm. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, yeah. trademark, is sort uh, of trademark Beer Hop podcast, full circle. Yeah. Back to Red Earth, back to Gale, back to, yeah. The learning curve going from home brewing to professional brewing mm-hmm. is massive. Yeah. Not to mention the, the business aspect of it. Because mm-hmm. right. you mm-hmm. are running a business mm-hmm. at that point, obviously. Right. Um, you know, I, I had home brewed for 12 years before I went pro and still most of what I know to this day I learned from John Elkins wow that first year in the Brewers Union yeah. when we were in there with Elk Valley wow yep. um, and Vanessa Hess were there too and you learn from Evan and all that too it's not just a case of using bigger pots and bigger tanks there's mm. whole different processes yeah right it's a whole yeah it's a whole another game yeah. yeah yeah well I mean I think like when you walk into Angry Scotsman I think like Several things. One, it's a very clean environment. Uh, the beer selection, in my opinion, is awesome. You Agreed. have yep. you have several European styles mixed with some American styles. You have a good variety. Uh, the patio is super yes. awesome. I mean, I know when it's 100 degrees out, it's a little different, but like it's still awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I think there's I think there's a lot to offer. I think it's really fucking cool. I think it's an awesome brewery. Right. I think you did a great job. I appreciate that. I mean, yeah, I I wanted to build out Scotsman to be the brewery to be the end result not to be a stepping, the stepping stone. stone yeah 
hundred percent. Awesome. That's so good. Well, dude, I think you did a great job. I mean, I know like, um, it's awesome, man. And I remember, I remember even walking in, um, before you opened, you had already you had already basically got the space, and it was right before you started transforming. We had the New it. Year's there with the pad time. Yeah, that was even after that. Yeah, like oh, uh, yeah. but like just oh, watching yeah. the whole yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was, was awesome. New Year's Eve there. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it's just been cool to see the whole transformation of that building because the building has a lot of history in Oklahoma City and like right. Um, people need to get over there now. Yeah, yeah. today, yesterday, sure. tomorrow, hey, whenever. Hey. Ross, uh, I gotta ask, man. Like, so if people people out there want to. Check out what you're doing. Follow Ranger Scotsman. Um, all that sort of stuff. Like, how do they do it? What do they do? It's gonna be the usual answer you get. You know, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you on Twitter X? We don't really tweet. <laughs> Twitter X. I mean, Twitter's kind of like my X because we don't really do it anymore. Oh. Um, <laughs> I I haven't. To be honest, I haven't touched. Twitter Man, if you ain't, if you ain't touch Twitter, you don't even need to, you shouldn't bother with threads. Yeah. I don't know, you know. So <laughs> handles on those social media platforms. So that that that's that's another thing that we we try to keep it easy. Our website, our Facebook, our Instagram, our thread, our Twitter handle. I mean, we still have a Twitter handle. We just yeah. Use it. yeah. All of our handles are the same. Nice. It's Angry Scott Brew. And everyone, you can also find Angry Scotsman on the uh, the Beer Hop app. Uh, download the Beer Hop app. And definitely uh, thank you for listening to our podcast and uh, tell your friends about the podcast. Tell them to listen so you can hear uh, Ross's lovely accent Truth. and hear about the, the origins of uh, Angry Scotsman and all the great beers and all the awesome things they're doing here in the city. So good. Ross, truly a pleasure, man. For real. Love your beers. Love what you're doing. Keep it up, man. Ross, you're a real special guy, man. Yeah, uh, I appreciate the the opportunity to hang. This <laughs> time has flown. This yeah. is this gonna be a long ass podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but, Let's get uh, cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. The Beer Hop Podcast theme song was written and produced by John Knight. Make sure you download the Beer Hop app for free on iOS and Android devices. Subscribe and come back next time for another episode featuring your favorite Oklahoma brewers, right here on the Beer Hop Podcast.